It's the Basketball Hall of Fame's Legends Podcast. I'm Kyle Belanger. Joining me today is a 2010 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee, a man of, by, and for the great city of Jersey City, New Jersey, winner of more than 1,000 games as a coach, a four-time national champion, a winner of 28 New Jersey State titles, and a person who has coached more than 150 young men to Division I hoop scholarships and five of them to NBA first-round selections. He is the architect of the miracle at St. Anthony. He is, of course, Coach Bob Hurley. Coach, thank you very much for joining me today. My pleasure, Kyle. So let's start, if you don't mind, all the way back with your childhood um, and your college basketball career. Uh, Well, so many people focus on what's happened since you've arrived at St. Anthony. I contend that those accomplishments were the result of your early years, when service really became a part of your life. Your father, a police officer, um, you walked off the St. Peter's varsity team, essentially to volunteer at a CYO grammar school team. Can you tell me about how service became such a huge part of who you are? Well, I guess I learned from my parents who were involved in the parish that uh, that we grew up in, and uh, you know my first uh, my first work was actually with my two brothers, who were younger than me, brother Brian and my brother Timmy. I was out, uh, you know, working with them the way my father used to work with me, and uh, I began like that feeling that I wanted to coach, you know, way back when they were like little league age. And then uh, at St. Peter's College, my brother Brian asked if I could come to Friday night uh, practices because. Uh, the uh, coach, Mr. Newcomb, couldn't always be there because he was a fireman. So I started showing up at practice, and uh, they thought they were going to get away with me just sitting there and them running around crazy. <laughs> and I came in the door and started organizing practices, and it, that's, where it, that's where it all began. <laughs> How much of your dedication to service led you, you know, a young Bob Hurley, to St. Anthony High School in 1972. It's a place that you have never worked in a full-time capacity, and yet your dedication to serving, again, on a number of different levels, including as president, um, has has become, um, it's it has become you. Uh, was was the service portion of it what led you to St. Anthony in the first place? Well, I, you know, I, the, the coach at the time, the varsity coach, Mr. Ryan, you know, called up and called me and he asked if I wanted to uh, coach in high school and if I would take the freshman team. And I thought, uh, gee, I'd like to try this. So I did it and I kept the eighth grade team at St. Paul's at the same time because I wasn't sure that this was going to be something that I would want to do. And when I got to the high school level and uh, the kids that I started to coach, you know, all city kids from all over Jersey City uh, loved to play. And uh, I saw the potential that these guys had. It just became something that, uh, you know, the, the more time I was there, the more involved I got in, in, in what kids were doing. And it just became what, you know, just a wonderful experience. Indeed. And for so many. And you've, you've coached so many legendary teams and players from that unbeaten 89 team with your son Bobby, Roderick Rhodes, and Terry DeHare, of course, to, to the unbeaten 2004 team, which was the subject of the Adrian Wojnarowski book, The Miracle of St. Anthony, and so many more. But coach, what's the tie that binds all of those special teams together? And, and even, even the ones that we maybe don't talk about enough. Is there one thing that ties them all together? Well, you know, we, we always said that, like, if there's a, a way of doing things, the St. Anthony way is to uh, be very competitive, to be in great physical shape, uh, to play man-to-man defense, 
so that you can experience the challenges of guarding great players, uh, being fundamentally sound, and just being all about team. And those things were kind of from the very beginning. It was always about, never about one player. It was always about the group. It was always about accepting the challenges of playing against, you know, some of the great players we've been able to play against, you know, Kobe Bryant, uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, uh, you know, right down the line, just tremendous players. And the kids having that experience to point back later on in life, you'd say, you know, I guarded him when I was at St. Anthony's. They're all things that we thought meant for a, uh, an experience that the kids would always look back at uh, fondly. Coach Shirley, and I think so much about the Jersey City experience. It's such an incredible city because of the city that it is, but also because of the the shadow in which it exists. You know, you're really a a short crow's fly away from the Manhattan skyline. Do you think that Jersey City kids have sort of reflect the re- reflect not only the the city that they are, but the city that they're forced to look at every day? There's no question that we're a city. And that the, uh, the kids growing up here are going through the same urban experience that the kids over across the river and in all the boroughs are going through. But there's a chip on the shoulder here because you're always considered in the shadows of New York City. You know, you're always trying to prove that you're as good a player or that your team is as good a team as what goes on over in the Big Apple. So I think that was always something that uh, when we played a New York team, well, we had a chance to play against a, a very good New York City player. The kids really relished the opportunity because it was going to give them, uh, uh, it was going to cast them in a better light. It's so true. And, and I think about as well your your experience from 1972 until here we are in 2017, uh, an appropriate year to be talking for St. Anthony, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and, and I think about the way that you have watched the high school recruiting game change so much and so up close and so personally to the point where now here you are you know, traveling to Springfield, Mass. every year to play in the hoop hall, traveling across the country. Uh, is there... I know there are definite drawbacks and benefits, but here we are in 2017. Has the high school recruiting game changed for the better? Well, I, I think the kids now, because of the uh, the, the national exposure that the different uh, uh, out-of-seasons tournaments really get, and at the live period in July where the coaches are out, the kids get a chance to play against players with the reputations, and then you can gauge a little bit better Back when I first started coaching, our kids from Jersey City rarely left Jersey City except to maybe go away to a week of basketball camp. And the AAU, the AAU portion of their lives was a limited schedule in the spring and perhaps going to the Nationals during the summer. But even going to the Nationals was a fundraising endeavor. And not every, not every kid that I ever coached, when they had an opportunity, even went on those trips. So a lot of kids... And I could think of a kid like David Rivers who went to Notre Dame and graduated from St. Anthony's in 84. Nobody had any idea how good a player he was until he played in the McDonald's All-American game that year and just showed so well that all of a sudden, you know, he was on the map. Now I think when kids are in the eighth grade, they've already been scrutinized more than maybe David Rivers was as a senior in high school. Is that you talk about David Rivers, and I love that because he is one of those guys who, when you look down the Bob Hurley uh, Division One basketball player list, he sticks out as a guy that we don't talk about enough. Is there one team or one player of yours that you wish people would just talk about more? 
Well, I think I think David he, David set the table. He was the first kid to to get the national attention, and I think an awful lot of kids followed uh, you know followed that lead. But the uh, I think the the individual teams we've had over the years, uh, you know, we've we had a lot of success and won a bunch of state championships. But it's not always the state championship team that you look at and say, gee, I'm really uh, proud of what they did. I can think of us uh, playing in the county championship back in 1982 when David was only a sophomore and we beat Snyder High School in the county championship. And they had Raphael Addison, who went on to have a great career at Syracuse and played in the NBA. And we beat them in the county championship with a, a completely undersized team. And that accomplishment for those kids was as dramatic as any, you know, team we've had. So, you know, sometimes it's not the championship, but, but it's the group playing as close to 100% as, as you think they're capable of. It's remarkable, too. I mean, you know, it, in all the times I've had the pleasure of watching your teams play, uh, I always make sure to get as close to your bench as I can. I like to just pretend that you're giving me the speeches during the, uh, during the timeouts, too. It's incredibly motivating for me as well, because I'm also undersized. So I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's so funny because usually when we uh, when a, we talk, a guy like me talks to a, a titan of coaching like you and I refer to the coaching tree, I'm not actually talking about your family tree. But in your case, both Bobby and Danny have become fantastic coaches at the NCAA level. D- did you always know that they would be great at coaching as well? And, and how? How did you how did you see that early on? Yeah, it's funny. My wife and I talk about this you now when we are observing them on TV or fortunate enough to go see a game live, and we, you know, we reflect on them playing in the in the like the Pee Wee leagues in our parish, Our Lady Mercy, and playing in the CYO leagues in Jersey City right up through their college careers. And we never really like knew where the next step was going to be because you know, in my life, I was a probation officer who became a basketball coach. So uh, the way it, it turned out for both of them, uh, they were certainly around it a lot. They, they played for very good coaches in their playing careers. And I think that uh, they brought to it uh, an empathy for what players go through because they saw they were on teams and saw guys that uh, uh, needed maybe a pat on the back or needed to be pushed a little bit more. And in coaching, it's really about unlocking the doors so that all the individuals, you can get to them to get them to reach their potential. And sometimes it's their self-belief keeps them from doing it. Now, it was announced uh, that this year will be the final year for St. Anthony High School, closing after more than half a century uh, due to funding and, and, you know, a number of of factors beyond all of our control. Can can you put into perspective what that means for Jersey City and for basketball uh, and for your career as well, sort of sticking a bow on that now? Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, April 5th was a very sad day when we, uh, when the Archdiocese announced that uh, we would no longer be open. And we had worked extremely hard for a long period of time to to raise the money to meet the difference between the tuition and the uh, and the cost of educating kids. And as we got to the end of it, it just became uh, you know uh, evident that we just couldn't continue to raise the necessary money. And uh, you know the basketball portion of it now. I hope that we're and we've worked very hard to get our kids absorbed into other schools, and we've tried to work with the families to make sure it's a good fit. So, you know, we want to see them all do well. You know, I have a lot of kids I can go see play next year. I can bounce around to an awful lot of schools to see the kids play. I hope that 
they're all taken care of. But our biggest concern was the other kid in school, the kid who went to St. Anthony's, who now may not have the same uh, uh, advocate for what he's going to do next. So we've tried to have a, as many meetings as possible so that the other kids in school are going to be placed in situations where they're, number one, they're safe because it's an urban area, and number two, they feel at, uh, at home and they're going to be challenged so that uh, you know this year is our 23rd straight year of 100% college acceptance that the kids that leave us now are going to be college-bound and they're not going to get knocked off course because they're going to school someplace else. Coach Shirley, that is just a, a remarkable, remarkable story of, again, the advocacy and the service. And, and before we wrap up here, I just want to thank you for that dedication because I know how genuine it is. So finally, what does it mean for you to be working with the Hall of Fame at this stage in your life? Well, it was the, you know, the absolute pinnacle of my uh, of my coaching experience being inducted in 2010 and now uh that i have a little bit more time i would love to do anything that i can to uh bring attention to the you know to the uh springfield and the amazing opportunity to go back in time and see the birth of basketball and the stories of everybody who was there just a remarkable it's a remarkable place and uh I'd be honored to be able to do whatever I can to help in the uh, in the next period of time. He is the architect of the miracle at St. Anthony. He has coached more than 150 young men to Division I hoop scholarships, five more to NBA first-round draft picks. More than that, he is a staple and a bastion of goodwill, not only to the game, but to the communities in which he serves. He is a 2010 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee. He is, of course... Coach Bob Hurley, thank you so much, Coach. That was very, very meaningful. Thank you, Kyle.